Welcome to Living Wisely, Living Well, Timeless Wisdom to Enrich Every Day with Asha Nayaswamy, one of the spiritual directors of Ananda Palo Alto and a founding member of Ananda Worldwide. If you enjoy this content and are inspired by the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda and his disciple Swami Kriyananda, find Asha on YouTube, Facebook, all podcast directories, and her website, ashajoy.org. Living Wisely, Living Well, Aphorism for July 18. When an elder or a superior takes you to task, listen impersonally, but never tell yourself, considering the position this person holds, he must be right. People are simply human beings. Each has his own faults and weaknesses, which stick to him like burrs until he achieves enlightenment. Indeed, spiritual development, like the sunlight shining through a stained glass window, may actually highlight a person's flaws until further progress eliminates his ego altogether. This is a very interesting point. And it's, it actually goes on both sides, but let's first take on the side that Swami's saying. You know, I, I've had some interesting thoughts about Ananda over the years. Of course, during the years that Swami Kriyananda was running, Ananda was just in his body, which he started Ananda in 1968, he passed away in 2013. By the time he passed away in 2013, it was a global organization with multiple communities. In 1968, it was one piece of property with a handful of people gathered. I met him in 69 and started living in community in 71, so I was part of a lot of that. I, wasn't, I never lived in India, I never lived in Europe, so I missed parts of it too. But nonetheless, the whole of Ananda sort of developed. I was part of the founding tribe, so to speak. And so Swamiji was able, because of his magnetism, to hold a lot together with a minimum of form. And he really trained us to... He, he followed Master in this. Master said, don't make too many rules, it destroys the spirit. And so Swamiji never allowed Ananda to become rule-bound in any way. And even when we did make rules... It was always guidelines, and it was always related to attitudes. When he finally published something, that he wrote and published something called Guidelines of Conduct for Members of the Ananda Monastic Order, the Sevak Order is how he, he did it. They weren't really guidelines, they were attitudes. They were guidelines to have the right attitude. Because if you have the right attitude, well, the way Swami put it, if you have the right attitude, any system can be made to work. And if you have the wrong attitude, any system can be made to made a form of imprisonment. So he trained us, and, and even since his passing, um, we, we have been very loyal to the basic premises of Ananda and have conducted ourselves to the best of our ability um, in the way that Swami did. Swami had a unique magnetism, but Jyotish and Devi and others that Swami trained have been carrying out, you know, very close um, to Swamiji's own consciousness, and it's been a great gift. And of course, Swamiji's consciousness is still with us. So one of the things that Swamiji established, which is even though people had position, there would be a manager, there would be somebody, who had a minister or a light bearer, someone who had certain designated responsibilities. But I realized that in the, in the entire culture of Ananda, and it was true from the beginning and I would say it's true now, nobody's authority has ever been because of their position. And if people have authority within Ananda, it's because they take responsibility. 
and because they have magnetism in the way they take responsibility. And therefore, people want to cooperate with them. They want to cooperate with them because the person is putting themselves out there with energy and are, com- are committed to the success of it. So you, you want to help them. They're not sitting back and asking you to do all the work and then they'll take all the glory. They're, they're taking responsibility. And then they have magnetism in that, which is they draw your consciousness inward and upward. And so I've observed that no one at Ananda can just say, you have to do it because I'm in charge. Because Swami never, ever, ever did that. And Swamiji ever also, he never just gave us his conclusions. He always gave us his, his understanding and his reasonings and his common sense appraisal of why this particular decision was a good one, which enabled you to question it, to challenge it, and in many cases, to improve it. I remember at a certain point, unfortunately it was, you know, some years before Swami died, I finally began to realize that when Swamiji made a suggestion, um, because sometimes he would make a suggestion from a distance, and whoever was closer to it, if it happened to be me, I might have specific information or insight into it that Swami simply didn't have. He was astonishingly expansive in his awareness of everything. So I will just simply leave it there. But still, on a material plane, sometimes I just knew something that he didn't know. And he was always interested in hearing it. If, if, I would think, what is he trying to accomplish? And I would think, what is he trying to accomplish? And can I suggest to him perhaps a better way of accomplishing it? When I would just thwart him, nothing good would ever come of it. Now, going back to where we were, just because a person has a position, do not in your own mind, this is what Swami is saying, imagine that position automatically confers wisdom. You know, position may confer authority, may give a title in the world, it may give people a lot more money, but it doesn't necessarily give them wisdom. And if you actually even want to be a friend to those who have responsibility over you, whether they're even acting well or not well in that position, it will help It will help them as well as helping you to realize it doesn't matter what we're called. We're all people together. We're just people together. It just And everybody's doing their best. And until you're a fully self-realized master, we are all subject to error. And sometimes people want to just go along with what's being suggested because it's easier for me. Because then I don't have to think. Then I don't have to take responsibility. Then I just take, I don't have to run my own life. I can just turn my life over to you. And if you turn out to be wrong, well, haha, it's your fault, not mine. You see, and so it's avoiding exactly what the real definition of position should be, which is I will take responsibility. One should listen respectfully, especially if someone has a, a history of magnetism and being able to exercise their responsibility well, but there should never be just a mindless taking aside of your own brain. Swami Kriyananda, when he became a dedicated disciple of Yogananda, he read Autobiography of a Yogi in a matter of about five days. He'd never, he knew nothing about Yogananda. He saw his picture. He tells this story himself, but he was mystically drawn to read Autobiography of a Yogi. And, and when he really bought the book and had it in his hands, he just felt this immediate kinship. In fact, it's very touching the way he described it. Swamiji said, he was only 22, 
But he said, my, from earliest childhood, from my earliest awareness, Swami said, I always felt that I was inhabiting a world of my own which no one else shared. Meaning not my parents, not my brothers. I just lived in a world of my own which no one shared. When I read Autobiography of a Yogi, I realized that Master Paramahansa Yogananda and I lived in the same world. I mean, that's quite a statement. So he left everything and went across the country from New York City to Los Angeles. As soon as he was alone with Master and had the opportunity, Master said, what can I do for you? Swami said, I want to be your disciple. And Swami said, I never imagined saying those words to anyone in my life. But he also had the humility to recognize wisdom when he saw it. Just complete. And until his death in 2013, that was 1948, he never for a moment wavered. However, he said, I followed Master unhesitatingly, but never unquestioningly. Isn't that a perfect way to say it? I was committed to following him. In fact, Swami had given him his unconditional obedience. But even unconditional obedience didn't mean that he couldn't question. Because he wasn't questioning in anger or defiance or rebellion or anything like that. He was questioning because he was a truth seeker. And he needed to know. And when you question respectfully, Sister Gyanamata, who's the most advanced female disciple, was of Yogananda, said, you can say anything to the guru as long as you say it with detachment and respect. And those are marvelous words to remember because actually if you experiment, you can pretty much say anything to anybody as long as you say it with detachment and respect. What gets you in trouble is when you're disrespectful and you want it your way. And then if you meet someone who has any of those similar characteristics, you'll be head to head. But if you just realize everybody's a human being and everybody has their limitations and on the deepest level, everybody's trying to do their best. Earlier aphorisms in this month and in this whole book, you know, show us that there's many nuances and ways to think about it. But it's very important for us as individuals, for you as an individual. And Swami is repeating this Many times, our, you know, our personal integrity is all that we have. We are all the same before God. We should not let bullies push us around. We have to stand up for what we believe. We mustn't let other people you know, just force us their point of view on us. Now, if you're in a business situation or something, it gets more complicated. But let's just talk about it in simple principles. But he's saying here, when an elder or a superior speaks to you, They're still a human being with their own limitations. And you may love them unconditionally. You may be committed to them, you know, unhesitatingly. But that doesn't mean that they're always right. Or that you should assume they're right when you know they're wrong. Or when you suspect that they're wrong. I had a very interesting, rather complicated uh, cycle with someone that I was close to. Where... um, Over a period of time, I became angry with the person about a certain small handful of of experiences we had had together. And in the course of many years of friendship, I realized that there had been many other experiences, and I began to wonder why those few really rankled. And I finally realized that in every case... A true principle had been at stake. It wasn't just a matter of, 
I prefer egg salad and you would rather have a cheese sandwich, which is just a matter of opinion. There was a true principle at stake. There was a level of integrity in me that was at stake. In most cases, there was welfare of someone else that was at stake. I knew what was right, and I allowed my own judgment. I suppressed my own judgment for the sake of going along with someone whom I felt was my superior. And I actually realized, but my superior was flawed. And my superior, and this is what I finally realized, my superior had not known what was really going on in the situation. They had, they had read it differently, and I believe slightly incorrectly, had not seen it and had done what they thought was right. So I really had no reason to be mad at them because they had done the best they could do and they had acted sincerely. I had acted insincerely. And I realized it was so simple. The person I was mad at was me. And that person hadn't betrayed me. I had betrayed myself. Just as simple as that. In the name of, you know, all the things that Swami's talking about. But my, that really taught me a lot. And sometimes we're powerless. You know, sometimes even there's nothing we can say to express but so it has to be an inner attitude. Just the realization. And actually, at Ananda, this, there, there's, there's very few occasions where people actually do something that I or that, that really isn't a good thing to do. It's usually just a different thing to do. There's many ways to get to the same place. And if the attitude and energy are fine, the details don't matter. Swamiji always said he worked with the energy because if the energy was right, the details wouldn't matter. I've spent a lot of my life thinking about details, and it took me a while to figure out that if the energy is right, if the sincerity is there, if the person is doing the best they can, it'll work out. I don't have to worry about it. So sometimes I think, well, a way to say it, and I don't mean this in a flippant way, well, it's just not my karma. This is their decision. But that doesn't mean I have to suppress my own understanding. I can try if I'm not going to be listened to. Well, it's not my responsibility. I have to respect them then. I've done my part or just in my heart. My point of view is not wanted, but I don't, have to re- I don't have to say, well, they must be right and I must be wrong, but it's their karma. As a friend of mine put it to me, which I just loved, this really helped me enormously. She said, sometimes it's not just a question of what God, of what God wants, it's who God wants it from. Isn't that a wonderful way to put it? Because it's important for that person to carry out this responsibility. It may even be important for this person to carry out that responsibility ineffectively because that's the karma that they have to learn. And so then I have to ask myself, why does this rub me the wrong way? What's, you know, what's going on with me? But without uh, elevating someone beyond what is appropriate to elevate them. This it's their responsibility and their position, but we're all human beings together just doing our best. So Swami says, when an elder or a superior takes you to task, listen impersonally, but never tell yourself, considering the position this person holds, he must be right. People are simply human beings. Each has his own faults and weaknesses, which stick to him like burrs until he achieves enlightenment. Indeed, spiritual development, like the sunlight shining through a stained glass window, may actually highlight a person's flaws until further progress 
eliminates his ego altogether. God bless you, my friends. Our work is made possible by inspired listeners. So if you feel to support Asha, you can make a one-time donation or for unique members-only content, subscribe through Patreon. Blessings and thank you.